Episode 30 of the Michael Anthony Show is now on. Um, 20s were mental. Um, Razor Grove's best all came in the 20s. Um, and the 30s, I think, I think they're going to be better. I think the 30s are going to be mental. I think some of the names you're going to see kind of sitting in the guest chair of the Michael Anthony Show throughout the 30s is going to be quite unusual. Um, so look forward to that as fans as listeners um, I'm not in the best of form um, it probably will come across throughout the next hour or so um, I didn't really want to touch on it but I'm, but I'm going to touch on it um, just absolutely heartbroken really but it's just a quick message uh, to Mr. Ed Woodward Um I don't really know if you fully are aware, Ed, of what you're doing to people. Um, when a family like the Glazers come in to buy a football club purely for money, um, I mean, whilst only the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is basically like a businessman owning McDonald's and then then throwing some money into, into Burger King. Um, when a family like that come in and buy... A club like Manchester United is saturated in romantic history as it is. It's only for money. Those guys don't don't attend the games. Those guys don't care what happens on the pitch. So they give their banker the job of running the football club when David Gill leaves in 2013. But now, Ed, you're an Englishman. And those guys, they're away with the fairies. They probably sometimes ask... Why Pablo doesn't pick the ball up and run at with it? I mean, he's a big guy. Why doesn't he just run with it if he's having such a fucking problem? Yet you can't pick it up. Can you, Joel? Can you, Avram? But Ed, you know now, so it's becoming a serious issue. It's been six years since you got the job. You've made enough money. Um, you've been Billy Big Bollocks down in the yacht club enough times. It's becoming a moral issue. It's becoming ethical. Leave the football club. Get out. And, and to all the United fans listening to this, reading tabloid newspapers, reading transfer rumours, wasting their actual time reading wasted ink uh, from journalists who are looking to sell papers, looking to the deeper issue. Edward Woodward shouldn't be allowed to attend a Manchester United game next season without his car getting rattled upon exit. This has gotten serious now. Because he's he's destroying a thing that's extremely close to a lot of people's hearts. Um, obviously images over the weekend um, where kind of the coming together of everything negative that has happened to Manchester United Football Club over the last six years. But as a, as a great man once said, um, via telegram from a hospital bed in Munich in the 50s keep the red flag flying high and emotionally I plead with all Manchester United fans to do that this isn't the end this is just like one of those weird periods for somebody who's from like Iraq um, this is like when Saddam ruled do you know what I'm saying this is like uh, the, those. I was there for those terrible times when we had that dictator the guy who knew nothing about football but there's too much magic Um within the four walls of the theatre of 
every single one um, of us Manchester United fans' dreams. Um, the extremes of sweet and sour. Um, well, we're suddenly tasting the sour now. Um, as fans, there's a responsibility now. There's a responsibility to see what the real problem is. I've talked to many fans around the time Mourinho that thought it was his fault in the football. Fans around the time of Van Gaal. No. There's one common denominator behind all of this. And it's Ed Woodward. No one else should be spoken about. Because the Glazers, like, well, they're, they're making too much money. You're wasting breath complaining about them, really. Because nothing's going to happen. There is a way to make his life difficult enough that he stands down, that he steps down. There's, there's a way to write enough content, sing enough songs, throw enough pasties. And for every single one of you who felt dark, alone, isolated this weekend, last weekend, sorry, it's, it's your responsibility to act now. Um, in other sporting events, of course, Anthony Joshua um, loses to Andy Ruiz Jr. Connor, you're here again today. Yeah. How are you? Not yeah, too bad. Not too bad. Yeah, yeah. I'm a good man. Yeah, good to see you. Yeah. Time's coming on. No problem. It's always nice you to come by and I appreciate yeah. that. And yeah, I don't cheers. know if I've expressed that um, All right. to you, but I like you. Much, yeah. I think you know, I consider you a good friend, so... Yeah, Thank, yeah. Thanks for being here today. Here, yeah. yeah, no, not really. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, no. like, um, yeah. Um, obviously, you are one of the people who I've argued with time and time again about Anthony Joshua as well as uh, Katie Taylor. But but I'll start with with Anthony first. Yeah. Obviously, when when Groves was on this show, and I don't know if it's linked to kind of they're involved in some kind of way, shape, and form of the same yeah. team financially. But Groves obviously gave Joshua a glowing reference and you were quite smug for the next few weeks even though I always told you he was myth what did last weekend and his pathetic showing yeah. against Andy Ruiz Jr where he was not only outboxed by a man who by the way Andy Ruiz Jr isn't like rugby prop he's not Tig Furlong no. he's not a strong cord fat man he's out and out obese he gains yeah. he's played Call of Duty he's completed levels of Call of Duty this guy this he's guy, he's a fast food-eating fat man. Yeah. He's only 29. Is he? Yeah, to build up that level of weight, that level of cellulite at 29, takes a serious effort. Um, what do you make of what occurred? Um, yeah, I think it's embarrassing for the sport. Yeah, and what, um, did, it, what did it prove to you? That Joshua it was a myth. A, yes. A myth for financial gain for everyone. Yeah, and would you say that next time we get in such a debate, especially after the ones with the Irish rugby team, now with Joshua, now with Taylor, would you say next time you'll probably agree with me before wasting an hour or two of our life by arguing? Because you did also say last week that England are the greatest cricket side of all time. <laughs> when you're not qualified to even comment on cricket because you don't know anything about it. But no one minds that. There's, yeah. there's a dickhead in every bar sits on a stool and talks absolute cack about things he doesn't know. But when you were challenged on it, you, you wasted an hour of people's time with the argument. Yeah. So there's a lot of guys out there wasting people's time. Mm -hmm. But the lowdown on Anthony Joshua is that, listen, I don't mind 
how poor of a boxer he is. I mean, he scraped the Olympics originally. Yeah. He beat the Cuban in the first round by one single point. If he'd lost that fight to that Cuban, we never would have heard of Anthony Joshua and the myth that Eddie Hearn created. His technique is unbelievably poor. His technique suggests that suggests that he can't come back. Suggests that this isn't just a, a, a glitch. Okay. Like Buster Douglas. Tyson, yeah. which by the way wasn't as dominant of a performance by Douglas. Ruiz just punched the shite yeah. out of him. Four times. Yeah, yeah, like and it, it was just it, and it, it was insane. Yeah. Um. But what what I don't mind Anthony Joshua being that bad. And if somebody offers you money and goes, we're going to tell a lot of people lies and coordinate your career in a certain way, which guarantees wins, exposure, selling out Wembley, you take it as well. Yeah. But what I can't handle is his post fight attitude. The patronization he displays toward Ruiz, the way he gets the mic again and talks to the crowd. Uh, no, 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 stop now. Tail around his head. Thank you, Madison Square Garden. This is Andy Ruiz's night. That modesty in an attempt to turn the attention away from how poorly he performed. His whole entire attitude since the brawl has yeah. put him even down further in the eyes of Joshua Doubters. And how afraid he seemed. After from being it. beaten up yeah. and during yeah. like he was like smiling at the ref like an afraid child in a schoolyard who got a dig afraid, yeah. out of nowhere frightened terrified upset, like upset crying yeah. emotion like one of those guys who like um, when you're growing up playing sport and somebody gets hurt and they're crying yeah. you know, I never understood it like you know what I mean it's like yeah You'd be, there's guys who are 15 here pain. yeah there's guys who are 15 yeah. they're getting a metatarsal injury in their hand they're crying it's like no roll around screaming that makes sense yeah. why are you crying what's emotional about what just happened to you yeah, do you know no, what I mean you don't get it um, and Joshua and how you the myth of his upbringing yeah he sure. sold a bag of grass once was he not in gangs or? what no <laughs> he sold a bag of grass and trained for the Olympics um, embarrassing from and Taylor of course also got absolutely poked around but because of the bias in the Irish media we will never comment on it Michael Conlon dubiously loses in the Olympics and we just ignore the fact that he more or less wrapped a quite graphic notorious B.I.G. tune into the microphone post fight his fucking neighbour corrupt fucking neighbour trying fucking man get your fucking Glock out gonna come back here my fucking Glock do you know what I mean? It was absolutely yeah. insane. All Anthony Joshua is, is a physical beast, a physical specimen. Um, Delon White, um, who, by the way, is better than Joshua, an absolute brawler who's still out there fighting people for um, eight quid an hour. Yeah. Um, it, it, but to a higher level than Joshua's getting 20 million for a fight. Um, quite controversially, but quite humorously, sent him a link on Twitter to the Verve's famous song the drugs don't work and you gotta wonder in the society we're in is the fact that Anthony Joshua is so physically impressive one of the factors that contributed to the mass overrating of his ability definitely I mean the importance we now place on physical shape muscles looking well is quite frankly beyond belief yeah. Love Island I believe started yesterday yeah, um, anyone who does consistently watch Love Island you may as well take your earphones out now because you are listening to the wrong show but same with Forbidden Fruit it's a weird that those particularly um, embarrassing pastimes to engage in yeah. um, coincided with each other but 
if you look at the stats now of, of anorexia and eating yeah. disorders, I mean, recently, Eating Disorder Awareness Week took place recently. The funniest thing is how we treat things like anorexia, bulimia, and all these things that are becoming ripe in society without dealing with the core fundamental problem, which is the creation of the ideal yeah. body image on social media and television. Like, how many people put up before and after pictures of being a former anorexic yeah. or now they're suddenly no, a personal it? trainer? So all you're really doing, it's, it's the care factor that's making it so bad. It's how much you care about looking in a certain way is what is leading to that disorder. So if you have a really negative body image, get better, become healthy, but then spend 40 hours a week in the weight room, are you really cured? No, because that anxiety is still what's driving you. That ridiculous anxiety that they actually believe that fatness is oh, the worst body. thing. Yeah, the yeah. worst thing you can have in life. Like the people who are occasionally up and down a weight and overweight, they view as truly unhappy. Yeah. When not everybody is. It's something that was forced on people by society. Um, it began with TV in the 80s and 90s. Like even if you look at the Fijian stats, anorexia in the 1990s was more or less non-existent yeah. then they introduced TV because they yeah. started having access to the Zach Morris's and Drake Bell's girlfriends yeah. and then stats became absolutely insane Did India they? has increased 15% in anorexia with the exposure to westernised television in, in the last 20 years um, it's it's absolutely insane like as opposed to people feeling so deep down upset to the core about being slightly overweight why can't they tell jokes anymore like you see these people online talking about holidays can sometimes be a time of huge anxiety for people yeah what <laughs> like why? it's kind of a laugh you yeah. get your kid off by the pool you're kind of fatter than your mates or you're in better shape and you kind of go up you grab a bit of your belly you go what to make of that what to make of that make make light of it it's not like it's not a serious condition it comes from lack of movement yeah. and overconsumption. yeah so why do you have to apologize to the world for your personal decision to overly consume and, and move less? Yeah, you don't. You should be and if someone's slagging someone for being fat, it's, it should be nearly a term of endearment. It's not, necess it's not serious. And if somebody is being serious, it shouldn't land because the recipient shouldn't be taking that seriously. And that's what we should be, we, we should be telling people here. Like the fact that we've allowed people to get so into their body that they're getting an eating disorder that's not the person's fault that's quite clearly the society that we've created that has completely overly rated the importance of being in shape yes be healthy be fit but like what yeah like there's guys now personalities tv personalities who make their money off telling you to move more and eat less. These real obvious... Like, they, they act like the calorie was invented in 2011. We've always known that. Boys in the 40s were aware of the fact you that you move more, you eat less, you don't put on that extra flubber that surrounds your skin and body. It's absolutely frightening, um, the world we've created and, and how important we're allowing the young to view being in shape. It's so irrelevant. It should kind of come... Absolutely. way down the list yeah. yes don't smoke don't overly drink look after your cardiovascular health but kind of get some other things done before your squats this morning yeah it's, it's only your body and you can fix it in a in a two-month period anyway kind of 
It's frightening. And what's even worse is the fact that, like, you know the way we've dealt with suicide stats on this before and yeah. how men have a way higher percentage of suicide rate than females and how about it's kind of because the social construct that puts men in, under certain pressures yeah. that women were exempt from. Anorexia and bulimia stats are 75% female, yeah. 25% male. Yeah. And that just shows the kind of inequality in our expectations um, towards both genders, yeah. yeah. And at the end of the day, we can we can put females into roles. We can allow them to be educated because that is what was not happening yeah. 40 years ago. But the pressure still is on women to look well. Their weight Over man. man. Yeah, the weight thing, like, it's still a quick, quick fix of a slag if you're angry to call a female fat. It's a bigger deal, but yeah. it shouldn't be. No, it shouldn't but be. But we've no. created that to be offensive. We've made sure, like, although women can be judged on so many factors now, yeah. if they're overweight, it's still the dominant one. It's embarrassing the way we pretend this equality exists in every walk of life. Every walk of life. We allow women to get corporate jobs, become associates in law firms and accountants, still in a male-dominated world. They still have to completely masculinize themselves in order to fit in. They have to do things that were created of male competitiveness that came from testosterone. Yeah. They have to go out for drinks. They have, to, they have to corporately climb ladders and network in this real kind of seedy and backstabbing manner, which is a natural necessarity to their gender. And they have to be stricter. Stricter. They have to speak to people in a manner um, of dominance and territorial dominance, do you know yeah. what I mean? Which isn't natural to them because that's what their male counterparts have done this entire time. And it's not just that. You know that like the temperature that was done in offices in the 1960s to decide what office temperature should be. Yeah. So if you walk into an office, it's going to it's going to have a certain heat to it. Yeah. That was measured off the metabolic rate of males. So apparently the female body, of course, um, has a different yeah. metabolic rate. So when women are cold in offices or want to turn on radiators or put on jumpers and tell people to close that window under the draft, they're accused of being moans. But, actually, but it's really? accused of how we all view it is, we all say... Oh, there she goes again, complain, get on with it, it's life. Maybe they aren't fit for the man world. Maybe they're not strong enough. No. This world they're working in was created for man. And they are four degrees colder than you are. And four degrees too cold. Um, crash dummies, and this is one that was all over the, the, the headlines recently. Have you know a female is 15% more likely to die in a car crash? Why? And even higher to get seriously injured no, because the way a car is built is for the male body really the average man of like 76 kilos and like 5 foot 9 and a half which is much larger than your normal woman yeah, yeah. that's how a car is fitted that's how it, they've gauged the likelihood of survival in crash and okay. develop the car in a certain way is off that to where you body and yeah off, off that place. body yeah. so again inequality in how a car is built all these little things chemical exposure like fatalities of the workplace all the things they've measured and the likelihoods of what they do to your respiratory system how carcinogenic they are is all based off male measurements okay so they're saying now that like there's nails nail salons yeah yeah which most more than likely will have female employees they're saying that the polishes the removals all these things 
are, are giving off certain chemicals that are giving women breast cancer and a variety yeah. of, of illnesses and sicknesses. And it hasn't been fairly measured or tested because they're comparing it to the male body. It's interesting. It's, it's not interesting. Um, it's absolutely disgraceful. It's quite obvious that yeah. we are betraying women subliminally constantly. But in fairness, like fellow man doesn't really seem to be aware of this because these aren't the issues that are highlighted. We're too busy highlighting kind of ridiculous issues where we're trying to force people but actually everything. to watch the women's FA Cup final when yeah. at the end of the day, most lads watching probably are better goalkeepers. Yeah. And I'm not saying most lads, I'm saying most lads watching because you have to be a very big football fan to, be to actually it. still yeah. even watch the female FA Cup final and if you've played probably at least eight years of footy, you probably fancy yourself as a keeper just based off size, just based off aggression. Well, like, normally I disagree with you there, but you could argue that hand-eye coordination is a point because what excuse do women have for not being as good as men at snooker and darts? Because they're not growing up playing it as well. Like, they're throwing a ball Surely, surely if they've got to the level where they're competing... Professionally, in darts or snooker, they are playing at a young age. They do have the same exposure. Oh, sorry, you're just talking about you don't just take, people. Yeah, I'm yeah. talking about why is the standard okay, of yeah. female snooker not as high as men? Uh, it's nothing got to do with strength. Well, I actually don't know. Is it, I don't know. So maybe hand-eye coordination hand-eye is inferior. Coordination, yeah. Maybe it is inferior. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? But, um, yeah, it's, it's just the way we kind of view it as slightly skewed. I mean, like, for instance, you on abortion. Yeah. If you look at that from a female perspective, like, what is your like? I mean, there's no point in, in in hiding things because it's more or less sacrilege nowadays to express an opposing yeah. opinion. So I know you've been careful, but like, at the end of the day, full on right out, and I mean, not just saying, "Oh, I think there's no." What you? I don't think women should have you. You think abortion should be illegal? Eighth Amendment should have been. Okay, illegal. so you think why? Because I, because women shouldn't be allowed just have abortion willy-nilly without... Uh, no, to have some respect. No, I am, I but am. No, but don't willy-nilly. Well, like in, no, but willy-nilly. Okay, grand. Sh- women shouldn't be allowed to have abortions. Women shouldn't have the choice to have abortions due to the fact they got pregnant at okay. any age other or other than... Okay. Only reason is if their life is in danger yeah. or maybe they're okay. raped. Okay, can I, can I ask why? Because it's a man and a f- woman's child. Okay, uh, okay first of all... life. First of all... Um, you are a man, yeah? Yeah. You A pregnancy does not mean the same to you no. as it does a woman. So you just said it's a man and woman's child, but percentage-wise, yeah. 85-15. All the man does is squirt out the semen. But they're still connected. No, hold on. That's the. Let's look at the overall percentage of that. It's vital, but how many vital things have to happen within the female body for the kid to live too? It goes out of you yeah. as a piece of white liquid. Yeah. It goes into them, meets an egg, and grows within their body, eats through them, they... pisses when they piss. Yeah. It is them. Okay. The maternal connection between woman and child is greater than man and child. Yeah. In the jungle, every single species has a stronger maternal connection than paternal connection. If a fucking cub goes missing... Yeah. If the calf goes missing, the cow will do anything. Yeah. The man's off shagging. The yeah, man's off that, shagging. Yeah, he doesn't really know. So don't say it's a man and woman's child. It's not. Okay, well, it's got a man. The man should have a choice in it. But also, we were talking this thing of repealing the eighth yeah. that women would only have abortions in certain cases anyway. 
last year. What do you mean in certain cases anyway? In certain cases, due to the people going to England or the necessity for it, or people, yeah. the same amount of people would actually have mm-hmm. abortions in Ireland that would just help vulnerable women not yeah. have to make a trip to England. Okay. Double the amount of pregnancies have occurred in Ireland this year. That's so we are double the amount of pregnancies. Double the amount of abortions. Yes, say it right. Sorry, have occurred in Ireland this year. So since last year, so actually people are having abortions out of nothing but circumstantial it doesn't suit my life I'm going to mm. abort a life at the end of the day Yeah, a human being that is going to be a human being yeah and I don't think there's anything wrong or immoral with what you just said and I think that it's refreshing um, to see somebody express that but you are the problem with you is that you seem to think man has a say no, in this. No, I don't think man has a say. This uh, my stance on it is, I agree. I, I think that there is a, an ethical yeah. dilemma to it. And I think that if you have taken part in the practice of reproduction, yeah. and that is having unprotected sex with a partner. That's what so if you have, exactly. So that, that's called, that shouldn't be called sex. So, ooh, are you shagging? Yeah. Uh, we're just scoring now. You're still riding. We're shagging a bit now. Oh, I'm just riding her. Yeah, we're just having sex. Yeah, we're just reproducing. Yeah. We're just attempting to reproduce. That's what you're doing. Sex gives you such a remarkable feeling because biologically, your mind and body is telling you you are doing probably the only thing that actually has any meaning to existence and you're reproducing life. Think about it. You die one day, you turn off, you yeah. never come back. The only thing that says I was here was a bit of your sperm still walking around. Yeah. So it's exactly. the only bit of you that can become immortal when you've grandkids, great-grandkids and all. The only bit of you that lives on in terms of your actual biological energy is having children. Yeah. In, our, in a way, you could argue there's no other point in, in life. Everything else is a beautiful journey. Yeah. It's a nice little a chemical glitch. Nothing. Yeah, it's a nice little chemical accidental consciousness that's floating around in a ball. But in terms of meaning, having a child matters. So your brain, yeah, of course, knows. But your hands and your willy and balls don't know that I just met her in the palace. No. They Do you know what I mean? Know. They think you're reproducing. They think you're taking part in biological reproduction of life. I'm here to reproduce. Yeah. So if you're engaging in that act yeah. and you don't have your contraceptives, which we've kind of fortunately be able to create due to the development of man and, yeah. and intelligence, if you kind of don't use them or are clumsy in them, your argument is that you're taking- you were clumsy you 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 engage in the act of reproduction and now you've reproduced. You can't just go willy-nilly killing that thing. No, not if you have the means behind you. And and if you don't... Do you not think that's easier for the man to say because he's not the the gender that has to carry Maybe, the child? Maybe, but I know that there is women But think there, about it. Yeah, no, but think of, of course there is, but there's men out there who think the opposite. That's such a stupid <laughs> argument. No, sorry, people yeah. go, oh, there's people out there. Um, no, but I just mean like men... Don't, it doesn't have to come back to man and female arguments. No, things. of course it does because when you're both engaging in that, like you are both at fault for that. If you both yeah. whip your clothes off and you're lazy, like I do recommend for anybody, like have a SWAT team waiting for you. Like if you're engaging in sex, in terms of like be very very careful. Yeah. But that is the fault of two parties. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. The man yeah. it could have got us re- like they both yeah, engaged in fault. sex and they both have accidentally created life yeah but by keeping that child one of the genders is getting punished 95 times more than the other gender in most cases yeah no but you mean in most cases in every biological case okay and I didn't 
want to raise my voice, but don't say in most cases. No, no, there's not one case where the man is carrying that child. There's no, not one. No, yeah, no, that where, but no, by the chemicals in that, but that is the entire argument. Pregnancy. The female is carrying the child. They are physically and mentally connected. The neurons in their brains are forever changed from holding and giving birth to that child. It has a completely different effect physically and mentally and on the female body than the male one. So what do you mean in most cases? What do you mean in most cases? I mean that apparently it's one of the most beautiful things ever. What do you, yeah, but hold on. What do you mean so in most cases? I mean that... What do you mean apparently according to Dove ads? No. According to fucking... Is it according to Dove? When the dad comes back from his hard day's work and the mom's there baking with a little kid. Have you ever heard of postnatal depression? No, I mean but, carrying uh, the child during pregnancy. But you don't know that yet. In certain cases, other times there's, there's there can be tragic outcomes yeah, both mentally and physically. It's one of those beautiful things. Says the man who will never have to give birth. It, you are, it, it's not right how you're viewing this it's not a shared thing imagine how possessive we've been over females our entire lives we've owned their arse their <laughs> genitalia we've objectified their bosoms and now what you're claiming is we want to own your womb Connor unfortunately you can have all the opinions you want off the moral implications of um, terminating future life but you don't have a say I and you don't I, deserve a say. I, I don't even think men should. I don't even think men should have been allowed to vote. I de- you definitely deserve a say. Now I call sure no, and I call for. Listen, you're getting me wrong. I do think it's morally and ethically wrong in the majority of cases to terminate future life. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But. Why didn't we trust women enough to come to that conclusion? They're the only ones who are carrying that child. They're the only ones who know what it feels like to give birth. Why can't we trust them enough to make that decision? Because I don't think... So you think you think, think man's better? You think no, man no. makes better decisions? No, I don't. So why couldn't women be the only ones who could vote on it? Why do you... Why, why if, because if, it's a man and woman's child. If we didn't engage in such serious debate with women, they wouldn't have felt that kind of possessive vibe we were giving off and therefore their own conclusion could have been much clearer and and much less kind of confrontational I believe a lot of the kind of ferociousness behind the repeal of the eight movement came off that control that people were trying to take out of females hands if we just left it and gone this is an all woman referendum an issue I think we would have seen a lot more sense spoken as opposed to two sides going murderers no you're murderers it's our body no it's not your body it's everyone's body it would have been a much better um, argument that led to much higher levels of education amongst the masses if if it was just a women's only referendum yeah maybe but my yeah I just no, think continue. my point is now that, that the Eighth Amendment has been repealed that abortion is now legal the Abortions have doubled in the past year in Ireland. What's going to happen in five years? Yeah. How many times? Are you yeah, but hold on. No, no one's, no one's. Uh, it, you can say that's your point, and we we got that. It was your point twenty minutes ago, but we've moved on. Okay. So you can't just you can't just move on in conversation and then just go. Yeah, I'm asking you, do you or do you not think? Yeah. That you are unqualified to comment I don't on think abortion. I'm unqualified. Why? Definitely not, because I'm a human. It doesn't matter. Produ- you're was, not a woman. I was produced through my mother. Mm. Uh, she's a she's a woman. She doesn't matter. She doesn't matter. Me, doesn't matter. Well, no, well, no. My mother's a woman. So like, you're not a woman. So I'm definitely unqualified to you're comment not, on this. Because you you are you don't have a womb. You don't get your period. You don't have a menstrual cycle. Hold on. You will never carry a child. Therefore, in a referendum, referendum is about carrying a child and the effects it has mentally and physically on the female. Male body 
it's because all yes, it is all the rest of the feelings man has to child in the majority of cases is societal. That love of man and child yeah. isn't as biologically no, required and and isn't as strong. It isn't. It's much harder, easier for a man. I do it's much easier for a man not to know his child. You can knock a woman, she can never tell you. You won't have a biological instinct that tells you it exists. A woman can never avoid the fact that they are connected to a child. Connor, we have no right to have an opinion on what it's like because we'll never be in that situation. So it will be quite maybe mannerly and big of you to apologise to any women listening I won't apologise from views I'll understand them and I'll meet them for and do you think that these views do you think that these views that you have on abortion have come across in your body language and overall attitude when you sit there because since repeal the eight movement um, has become so dominant your kind of relationships with the female sex have not been necessarily as a consistent or b strong as they were previously so do you think that there's been such a knock-on effect between um, the two genders that it's actually I feel a bit it's led to this yeah disconnected from female because you're so let down that they are in your view getting babies not that but I think they're all for it and they don't seem to understand the argument against it at the moment but, 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 but because, of, yeah, because oh, 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 the patronisation um, what's interesting is though a lot of them could think about it in a much clearer way and argue with each other if they didn't have men yeah, yeah. who've controlled every aspect of their life trying to tell them what to do with their bodies that might be fair enough so yeah. I think that if there is that problem now that you've said again I don't know if you have a fact checked I haven't read it about the numbers and the numbers of abortions well, that are occurring report, okay so and I will I'll, I'll choose to believe you yeah. I just haven't read it Yeah. Um. I don't think you asked what will happen in five years I think if men keep out of it and recognise the female thing they won't have that sense of give us our bodies back and maybe they'll deal with that within their own gender it's a very interesting point yeah there's definitely other options abortion etc that are okay. alternatives yeah. and I'm, I'm, I'm sure they don't need to hear that uh, from a literal Des Bishop there's other options going on. you don't know anything about adoption so don't start giving us your rant on adoption and how there's other options and, and the kind of psychological effect of giving away a child can have on, on a woman's psyche yeah killing it wouldn't <clears throat> okay um, another interesting kind of like thing that's dominating the headlines here which I thought was so ridiculous and typical of the baby boomer generation the generation who kind of do you know what I mean led to a lot of the issues we're even discussing right now especially yeah. things like anorexia and eating disorders when they're the ones who kind of led to the development of social media and the body image crisis we have via TV like they're creating this concept of ageism yeah so the show's on RTE now nearly every fucking day there's newspaper articles about how we're becoming ageist and we and so basically what they're trying to do is ensure the rights of people who are in their 60s and 70s now to make sure they can con our society even more people who were born in the late 50s and 60s have done nothing for my generation nothing all they've done is complain and accused our generation having it easier the whole life they were buying gaffes for more or less tenors. Yeah. More or less tenors. You could repeat your leaving cert three times and keep last year's results. So you could do your leaving cert, get an A and two Fs. Yeah. Come back the next year, get an A and an F. Come back the next year, get an A and have three A's and, and then go off and do medicine and add them up. <laughs> and they're coming at you 
about work right. They brought things like fast food into yeah. our society. McDonald's, fucking Burger King. They commercialized that and made it an everyday meal. Um, drink driving. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Imagine. They talk about the morals of our youth and they'd down 12 Guinness and drive home. Yeah. Fucked up the economy. Absolutely butchered the economy. Voted in corrupt politicians. Um, brought drugs into the country. Brought heroin onto our shores. Yeah. 1980s Ireland. Made the place full of smack, full of gear. And all they did is really plonk their kids in front of TVs and raise their kids with principles and views on the world that would have no meaning or down the line because they raised kids in a non-tech-dominated world who grew in to a tech-dominated world. So more or less anything you learnt under the age of 12 has no meaning. Manners don't really matter anymore. People's eyes are on their phones irrelevant. So they've actually done nothing for anyone but make their life more difficult. Commercialised everything, uh, you know, did their best to try and ruin the game of football that their grandfathers left them. They talk about how they were beaten up and if they spoke to their parents like that and how about they were subject to all forms of corporate punishment possibly but at least they were raised in a world that showed them what adulthood might be like like their grandfathers created beautiful games like football and all that stuff mattered like do you remember when you used to go to like even a Six Nations game in Lansdowne Road in 2000 and it was proper partisan Irish and English hate each other Uh. now it's just kind of people on their phone getting memes Aviva you're more or less drinking a pint out of an Aviva cup much less Irish rugby jerseys at the games as well no there's no, more okay. oh at the games then yeah yeah, yeah absolutely and kind of harrying in the stand wearing jackets yeah. representing what you stood for get out of our country yeah. Brits. in terraces and, yeah, and if it, it terraces and if an English man walked into a bar afterwards he'd have to be very shouty no, yeah, and even yeah. even like the hostility nearly became friendly in this weird beautiful way but now it's all just like uh like now it's all just disgusting yeah it's all yeah just like want to show Tyke Furlong's biggest handoff afterwards and you're already tweeting about it while you're yeah. at the game um, so they basically prepared for us in no way and now they're trying to create ageism to ensure to make sure that um, public resources as well as public awareness doesn't leave them and that they're not left on trolleys like they left the people a generation ahead of them what I say is what goes around comes around yeah. fuck them yeah, yeah. and what they did toward a society and the deterioration of it and one of the main things like the media they developed the yeah, 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 the t- like the, the journalistic style which by the way when is it going to be liable for the gangland war in Ireland yeah this is uh there's there's kids dying there's kids dying yeah. all, all over Dublin at the minute it's an absolute crisis we have a population of little over a million and we have a fully fledged gangland war yeah. going on in their streets that hasn't really ended in the last 15 years because as I said the previous generation uh, now looking um, for sympathy brought drugs into the country but not only that um, they developed a writing style that glorifies these characters if you're in Darndale or Finglas, or any underprivileged area in Dublin, and you're 19, go younger, you're 14, you're 15, and you're sick of of taking off your jumper, pretending it's a goalpost out in the green, and playing football, and you're bored, and you don't really have the same access to, like, your phone, like your 3G isn't as good, yeah. and you're just bored, and you pick up a paper, or you hear word on the estate that the monkfish doyle uh, has after been found 
with 150k in his bedroom the guards raided it the monkfish doyle at the herald called him a rich celebrity more or less 50 cent what do you want to become so for reasons for, for no other reason than wanting to entertain mainly upper middle class reader journalists are forcing young people in estates who might not necessarily have the same luxury of yeah. self-awareness and knowledge of the future or parental guidance to avoid it. They're forcing them to become these characters to sell papers. Yeah. Writing about their assassinations. I, like, I read an article like, botched attack, a botched <laughs> whack. Like, we make shows like Love, Hate, but at the end of the day, they didn't put up an anti-drug message at the end of each episode. It was all, let's all laugh at Niji. Let's, let's all laugh at Fran. That's all well and good. And it does give us a slight insight, maybe not adding things like Kula Bula and the little comedy things that made the show go viral. Yeah. But like, if it did want to show us the kind of underworld and the dangers of drug use, again, in a really dramatised way where a dentist ends up dying with a spar bag around his head and it's like Randall a mansion. Yeah. Um, put, a, put an anti-drug awareness act up because does, does the upper middle class youth do anything for uh, these people? No, no they buy the no, drugs. No. They buy the drugs. Yeah. People who, who who pick up these oh the poor young fella the, the poor guy was murdered no they buy the papers and they buy the drugs yeah, yeah. they buy the cocaine they lead to it right. so all all we want to do is watch love hate do their drugs and kind of have a little speculation about what money they do or does he actually work for your man over in Marbella and all this stuff and debate about it but the journalists should be regulated yeah. by the government because the government are viewing it as their fault. All oh, those gangsters, all oh, those dirtbags. Okay. How do you think they became that? Because they're betrayed by their society. They're absolutely betrayed by the society, given nicknames, and we're told what car they drive, linked to like famous boxers and fighters, <laughs> and we sell the glory. We sell the glory of that life to ensure it continues for our entertainment. It's a circle. It's a vicious one. And journalists are educated people who have the knowledge and they know what they're doing. They absolutely know what they're doing. Have a conscience. Yeah, no, fair enough. It's disgraceful. Talking about Heather over in Marbella. Like There's blood on our streets. There's blood on our streets. And every single person who buys cocaine and reads a tabloid article about these glorified characters is at fault. And they're trying to recreate more of them. Jimmy the Butcher Doyle. The Butcher. Do you know what I mean? That's yeah. what I want to be when I'm older. Says 14-year-old from Crumlin. Big week on the show. Some very interesting episodes. Um, and we'll be seeing you soon. I'm not sure.